Welcome to Japan according to Akil. Everything you wanted to know, or didn't think you needed to know, about Japan. With me, your host Akil, living in Japan since 2004 and giving you the lowdown on what it's like to live in and around Tokyo. Yo, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 134. You can look at the time, you can see it's a good one, it's a long one, lots of detail, lots of information. I got some shit for you guys to check out.、Uh, so, you're gonna love it.、Uh, hopefully, you'll like it. <laughs> um, but before we get into that, please remember I forgot to say the last episode hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Uh, wherever you are, leave a comment. If it's on like online, not on, it's, everything's online. If it's on audio,、um, you know, leave a comment, leave whatever.、Uh, if it's on YouTube, which I would kind of prefer you watch the whole thing on YouTube, just saying, you know, if it's on YouTube,、um, like it, comment on it, you know, subscribe, hit the notification bell, do all that shit.、Um, it would just help. The algorithm give us that boost, you know.、Um, but definitely, this episode, there's a bunch of shit for you, not only in the video, but also a lot of supplementary information that I think you're gonna love. So, boom, enjoy. Hey, yo, I'm back. I'm back. My bad, y'all. I got off schedule.、Uh, we are here for episode 134. I have some、ok、Okinawa's finest Odeon beer for you guys. Let me. Take a little squig, get get lubricated a little bit.、Mm. Get loose, get loose, get loose, get loose. <laughs> no, um, yeah, we, we have a, we're gonna have a really good episode in store for you guys. I got a lot to catch up on, a lot of stuff,、uh, information for you guys. Uh, I'm really excited about this episode. I've been、um, thinking about it, planning it.、Uh, let me, let me get, if you're watching on YouTube, give me a second. Let me get some stuff organized off camera because one more thing I forgot to include in my notes.、Uh, okay. 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 Got it. All right. Okay. So, yeah.、Um, yeah. If you're listening to this when it came, when it comes out,、uh, my apologies. Uh, for, you know, what happened was,、uh, you know, normally I like to record on a, a, either a Thursday or a Friday, but、uh, last week, I, the night I was going to record, I had a headache.、Uh, I don't know why. I just had like a headache and, you know, I had gotten enough sleep, but just like, let me just chill. Then, you know, the weekends are my busy time and my schedule just got away from me. So,、um, here we are. Here we are. It's what, is, what the fuck is today? Today's Tuesday. So, Um, I'll try to do a makeup episode. No, no, I'm probably won't. I'm not gonna lie, I probably won't. Uh, so we're just gonna get the schedule's gonna shift a little bit. My apologies for that. But so I'm gonna try and make it up to you guys tonight. Um, got a lot of stuff. We got a question coming up. I'm really excited about that. I got some notes on this shit. Um, I got what I promised you guys before last time. Did prep on that, so you know, no, nothing really special is going on in Japan. Let's just get right into it. Let me get some beer in my system before I start getting into this. Oh, no, before that, I almost forgot. See, I gotta check that's why I got notes. Ha,、mm. um, by the way, again, it's still fucking hot as shit in Tokyo, so 
people on YouTube, you're going to hear the air conditioner in the background. You're also going to see, you know, my wife checked out one of my videos and she was like, adjust your camera angle, higher angle going down, going down. You look better. You look so fucking angry on camera. So, I mean, she didn't say it like that, but <laughs> that's how I heard it. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what is going on and if it's actually this, uh, when I look at it, we'll see if it makes a, a, a difference. So. Um, but yeah, that that's that. Um, hold hold on one second. My bad. I had to get. In a, I'm not gonna lie. I had to get in a, another beer. Like I got this thing, uh, some Asahi the Rich. I don't know what it is. It's fucking expensive. It's like three hundred something yen, about as much as the Ebis is. I never seen it before, but I'm powering through this fucking um, Orion. So once I get started, I just don't want to get up. So. Mm. Mm. So, all right, let's get started. Before, if you can see, I'm trying to lean back. I don't know if you can see on YouTube. <laughs> it's not really that important, but it's just one of my favorite T-shirts. I just bring it up. It's old as crusty as shit, but <laughs> but um, it's from it's a scene from the movie Ghost Dog. If you don't know what Ghost Dog is, it was this movie in 1999. Another one of the things that kind of I think it came out in 99 um, when I saw it with um, not Lawrence Fishburne, not Cuba Gooden Jr. Fuck, I forgot his name. Um, but but great actor. I'll put the trailer in the description for you guys. But if you're not familiar with this movie, it's a hidden gem. If you like, you know, uh, it's kind of like a mafia hitman slash Wu Tang inspired. RZA did the soundtrack. Um, it's just a weird. It's a weird movie, but it's cool. It's like a cult classic. Um, you know, I was on that type of time, uh, back in the late nineties. So, uh, you know, definitely give it, give it a, a look. If, if you got Netflix, I'm sure it's probably on Netflix in the States or something like that. Um, it, it's like based in New York, it's a New York inspired Japanese samurai kind of thing. It's weird. It's, it's weird. <laughs> Even the characters in the movie are like, yo, this is weird. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> but, you know, I kind of like it. I used to watch it a lot. So if you know about Ghost Dog, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know, if you've never heard of this movie, you know, go ahead, check that out. All right. Mm. All right. But anyway, so so one, let, let's just get into it. Right. Because I got a lot of stuff to talk about and I don't want to be I want to be able to at least um, start editing this edit this and you know render it tonight so that um i can uh get, hopefully hopefully get it up tomorrow so um the the big thing i got for you is joshua you know again my my, my apologies for the late reply like i said like i mentioned before uh, i just got a bit off schedule um i mean i applied to you via email but you know in the episode being uploaded late because i do want to dedicate some time for you know you took really took the time to um write out a really, you know, uh, detailed e email explaining, you know, what's going on. And, ask, and of course, you know, taking the time, thinking highly enough of me to ask me for advice is much appreciated. Trust me, I honored, you know, um, so, uh, let me get into it. Right. So basically I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell all your business. Right. Um, he didn't say anything bad or anything like that, but just, you know, you know how it is. So, um, so I took some notes on what you what you mentioned to me. And basically, he had some questions about uh, English study in Japan because he's um, thinking about coming here sometime in the future. Now, hmm, I'm doing this off memory because my phone is uh, based on my memory and my notes, because, again, my phone is my fucking camera right now. So 
um, but pretty much asking if um, accreditation, accreditation, is it accreditation, accreditation, I don't know, whatever, you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> English accreditation, how much um, that is important in Japan, getting a job, um, now, it really depends if you're talking about, again, I'm a Kaiwa, right, I'm not really ALT, so those are kind of two split things, now, in the Kaiwa business in general, it really depends on the school or what you're really going for, um, excuse me, sorry about that, the larger Kaiwa schools in general, generally, they're looking for a warm body with a college degree. That's pretty much it, right? Of course, you know, it, it depends on the school. Uh, my advice would be that you do a quick Google search of the top, eight, you know, you know, uh, largest Aikawa schools in Japan. Just do a list, a quick Google search on that. There'll be several lists up there. Check their websites, check their requirements. See, you know, I, I don't know the details of your um, institution in detail, you know, in detail, but compare the the level of accredit, accredit I'm just gonna call it accreditation. Accredit I'm just gonna call it accreditation. Okay. <laughs> I might be totally wrong. I'm gonna call it accreditation. I've been out of college for goddamn almost twenty years, so um but but yeah, um so your you know your school's level versus what they require and then you can kind of maybe match up some possibilities. Um the larger AKIO schools I do know they don't give a fuck about like TOSL, TOEFL, like all those shits, all those like abbreviated uh certifications, they don't really mean anything. Um, to the majority of them, be, the reason why is because for your typical school, like especially a larger chain at Kiowa school, they have their system, you know, their system of education that they want to push. So they don't want you getting fancy. It's like, McDon you know, for lack of a better word, it's like McDonald's. They don't want you putting your, your, your own little twang on the fucking big mac you know they have their recipe how they want it made and yeah you might you know put the put your sauce on it how you want to put your sauce on it but they don't want you making your own special sauce and they don't want you using sauce that you learned how to make somewhere else they want you to use their shit you know and, and the way they like it done i mean that's how i teach you know i the way i describe it think about my teaching style is you know i turn vanilla ice cream into 31 into baskin robbins 31 flavors pretty much is how i like to teach so yes i use the materials i use the vanilla ice cream but then i also check so what do you okay good afternoon sir what do you i've got vanilla ice cream what do you want i want cookies and cream okay you know do some magic and i'll turn vanilla ice cream into cookies and cream what do you want i want chocolate mint all right let me do some fucking magic i'll take this vanilla ice cream abracadabra boom it's, it's cookies and cream and i'll figure out a way to kind of make it into the best way i can match the needs of what the students uh are asking of me you know is it, kind of my level my power my dragon ball z english teaching power level <laughs> mm. so that's kind of how i i do things i'm not saying for you to take that philosophy at all man remember i've been fucking teaching english since 2004 it's 2020 right now i got like 16 i'm coming up on 16 years of shit under my belt so i can you know and if you listen, you know, I have like an active imagination, which is I realize one of my strong points. So understanding the students, understanding their situations, I'm able to kind of visualize what skills they would need, match that with the materials, take out the take out what I need, abracadabra that in to match what they're doing. That's pretty much what I'm doing in my head in like five seconds, pretty much half the day. Right. So 
um again but i was a freelance english teacher for like fucking five years so that's what i had to do that's the skill i learned so mm. so basically you know that's my advice for you on that first question take you know just just take some time cross-reference those type of schools on the akaiwa side um on the alt side I really can't give you a 100% answer. You, If you want to think about ALT, you might even want to go check out the ALT uh, Insider Podcast, which I did with uh, James one time. Uh, you know, um, just Google ALT Insider Podcast. It'll come up, and you might want to ask him about that as well. Um, that Because, again, anything for me will be guessing. I literally have no information about the alt side of things at all so it might they might seem like english teaching is english teaching here but it's completely not they're completely different systems completely different styles with completely different motives right so that's that's the best thing i can tell you about that your second question is um un, also related to these two dualities of alt versus a kiowa mm. and for you all who don't know what his question was it was related how will um the corona pandemic affects you know job possibilities in teaching english in japan um i don't know if i did a piss poor job of setting up what joshua's questions were basically joshua was trying to let me just review just in case i lost some of you guys joshua was uh coming to japan he wants to come to japan and he's a student now and so he's graduating sometime in the near future and wanted to ask me first about um, you know, different type, what types of uh, degrees and any other certifications that could help you getting a job in Japan. That's the first question, which I already answered. The second one is related to how the pandemic will, will affect the English teaching job market here in Japan. Now, um, that question is a little bit more complicated. Uh, I answered you yes and no, it will have an impact. Yes and no. The reason why I said, again, it depends on what you're looking for, right? For me personally, what I'm seeing in 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 uh, my company, I'm not going to give all information about my company because I don't want you guys like popping up next to me one day like, hey, Akil, we're neighbors. Like, you know, and also just for any company related shit, I just don't want to go down that path. You know, just gotta keep some shit to myself. OK, <laughs> no, no secrets or anything. If you pop up, if you are my coworker sometime in the future, like I'm not, I won't be freaked out or anything. I just don't want to put that shit out here. I'm sure you can understand. Right. So anyway, um, what was I saying? Okay. So what, what my concept of what I see happening in the ALT market, not the ALT market, the fucking Akaiwa job market is this, like the, the overall market is contracting and, and what, from what I can see, there is kind of a hiring freeze, you know, I mean, we're still in the middle of the kind of pandemic situation and coming into Japan right now is just a no go unless you're doing something business related. So, um, that's kind of where it is like, you know, in your situation, trying to get into Japan anytime in, I would say in the next, uh, let's go six months is probably going to be a no go. Right. The reason why is because, you know, a lot of these companies, they deal based on um, 
their capacity. It's not just like, hey, we've got this service, and we've, it's based on their capacity. So if, like my company, for example, there's definitely been a contraction in active students, in active lessons, and things like that. So I'm an independent contractor in my company, so um, I have a bit of a leeway in my schedule. That's why I just do whatever the fuck I want to do. But um, what I do have noticed is that a lot of, you know, the business is is contracting in which I predict which is starting to happen. Some of the schools are starting the, the company is, you know, has kind of I don't know, I don't, I don't want to say bleeding, but I don't I don't think hemorrhaging money, but losing money, you know, in spring and early summer. And, you know, because of that and students haven't haven't really bounced back, there was no V shaped recovery, if you will, and I don't expect one. So um, the companies have to shrink and they have to downsize. They have to look at, you know, you got to look at your balance sheet, look at the schools that are underperforming and cut them. That means you're cutting staff, you're cutting um, teachers if you're paying them full time. Like my school doesn't, which means the market will shrink. You know, and it's capitalism. I like my company because it's pure capitalism, right? The You know, right now the market is stretched kind of thin. There's not so much demand. So they're kind of shrinking the pool, if you will, and cutting those schools. Now, if I was a full-time employee or a contract employee or an administrator, I'd be kind of nervous right now because, you know what I'm saying? Like if they start cutting schools, if you're managing a school, they don't really need you. And so they might push you back into full-time teaching or you might have to find another job. Um, but, you know, as a teacher, I'm tied to revenue. And um, I heard something said that said, like, if you're tied to sales in a recession, you have job security, right? Like a teacher, I'm the product pretty much. I'm not saying like I'm, I'm the shit. Well, I am, I'm the shit, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I'm, 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 I'm a fucking cow. I'm cattle. Like, you know, that's, that's what, it, you know, people sign up to, to milk me, <laughs> to milk me. Okay. Mm. Milk me for my English. I mean, honestly, that's what, that's what it is. So, um, even though the market is shrinking, it's going to get to a point where the market shrinks and, you know, um, which I'm seeing now, I'm seeing teachers start to move around and things like that. And also students will, as students will have to move around as well. And then it'll just be a smaller pool, a smaller pie and more fish in that pool. But and there'll be winners and losers, of course. And some of those people, if this drags out, will start to go back home. There's always like attrition in English, uh, excuse me, teaching, where you're always kind of losing teachers. You're kind of bleeding. A company's kind of bleeding teachers, you know, oh, for a lot of different reasons. People just get ready to go back home, ready to move on to something different. And you know, a lot you can a dozen different reasons. They're not making enough money, you know, and so um, people are constantly leaving Japan. So, but if you're still don't know where your company stands, you're not going to be hiring new people, you know? So I think a lot, my image would be a lot of these Aikawa schools have kind of stopped actively recruiting, you know, and one, you can't get people into the country anyway. Two, you, you training them, you know, you can't really train them over via Zoom. You, it's something that, need, that to be done correctly kind of needs to be done face-to-face. So that's really not going to happen for at least another six months. You know, I would say that's like a, very rosy estimation so so you know i think it will affect the english teaching market for you specifically joshua like if you know i i i can't remember if you mentioned when you would be graduating um but you know i would say for a year don't really expect to get hired in a kaiwa right now now um 
as far as uh, ALT goes, that's a completely different ball game, right? And um, I do think like that's more of a stable market and the demand might be higher for some of the similar reasons that I mentioned before for Akaiwa. It works in the complete opposite because there is a constant demand in uh, ALT, you know, there's students, there's always going to be students going to class. They need ALT teachers, you know, and if once that attrition happens, they kind of have to scramble to kind of fill the void or the, the ALT companies. If you don't know how ALT works, to my understanding, you know, is you're not generally going to be hired by the school. There's a middleman ALT company, which contracts you out to different schools. Now, when they have a manpower squeeze, I don't think prices are going to go up because the manpower squeezed by them means also their revenue might be squeezed somehow, some way. Not really sure. I don't really know the industry too well, but, um, but which means like, you know, they'll actively be seeking people to come in again, not really six months out, but sometime next year is what I would off the top of my head have to have to imagine that if you want to get in the door somewhere in the next like six months to a year, a ALT company probably will be an easier bet than um, a, a Kiowa company just being a fresh face in Japan. It will be a kind of a rough slog, though, for me. I wouldn't want to do this shit. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, coming to Japan as a new teacher right now? <laughs> I'll take a drink to that one. Shit. Okay. Mm. But, 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 um, one thing for you which uh joshua specifically just what you explaining to me about your situation you know kudos for you by um i won't give put all your business out here for your your history your background i mean nothing serious you guys like he didn't say anything like you know serious like you know he fucking you know grew up on like iceberg or desert island no nothing like that like but just you know um he, he's had some experience in japan and um kudos to you like you seem like a fighter you seem like a scrappy kind of person um, you know, you really commit, you really committed to kind of going after the things that you want. Um, so you definitely get props to me for, 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 um, your experience before, uh, in Japan, um, for visiting Japan and things like that. So, you know, in the IT industry, what I am speaking to you specifically right now, what I recommend for people to do who are thinking about going to Japan, which if I had those kind of like IT skills, I would have definitely, well, with my mindset now, would, would have done, or if I were in your shoes, what I would do is, um, dude, try and get a fucking internship. Like, bust your ass right now before you come to Japan, right? Because trying to, if, if, you know, going the, I mean, because, you know, for me, ALT, the terms, my image of it, the, it's a more stable work, but the terms aren't, and the salary might not be as much to your liking. A Kiowa, the salary might be a bit higher, but it might be a bit more demanding and the learning curve is a bit steeper, right? So it's more like feast or famine, especially right now, you know, in the A Kiowa industry. So like I'm 16 years deep into it and it's something I love doing and I'm fucking damn good at it. So, um, I'm going to eat, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to eat. Like I'm <laughs> but um, at the same time, like for several different factors, not everyone's going to have that, especially if you're fresh off the boat, might be a little bit tough for you. Now, what I would suggest you do is um, work your IT angle, right? You got some IT experience. You're in school right now. 
don't make the fucking mistake of trying to say I've got an IT degree. I'm going to come to Japan and go job hunting. Don't fucking do that. Don't. Don't. No. <laughs> okay. Bad Joshua. <laughs> um, instead of that, what I'm probably saying on here before. Even while you're in school right now, try to get a fucking internship now with a fucking IT company, but not just any IT company. Don't try and build out your fucking resume. Don't do any of that shit. You know what I would do if I were you make a list, find some, you know, we got the Internet, make a list of 50, 100, however many you got to do it, however hungry you are. You seem like, you know, you, you, be, you, you got balls. So I think you, you would be up for this. 50, 100 companies that are American. I think you're American. I forgot to double check. I think you're American, but in your home country, wherever you are, um, you know, that are based in your home country, hit them motherfuckers up and be like, hey, I'm studying this. I want to intern with you guys. Is I'll do anything, anything. I can work remotely. I'll help you out with anything, you know, um, Excuse me, let's share your long-term vision with them. Hey, I've, you know, I've been to Japan before. Um, I'm studying, you know, get your Japanese up. I'm studying Japanese in the future. I want to go there. I can intern there for you, you know, while I work full-time at this other stuff. And maybe down the road, I can work full-time for you. But the remember, the important point is, the reason why I'm saying all this shit is because for you to come here to Japan and then try to job hunt around is going to be a much harder slug for you know slug for you versus um getting in getting that cosign remember I talk about that cosign that's all it is that's all you're trying to do you're trying to get a cosign to walk you through the door before you come to Japan if you've got that parent company you know, when you come to Japan being like hey this is Joshua give him a fucking job give him something to do give him an internship then you're in the door. Once you're in the door, it's a lot harder for them to kick you out, right? You know, especially when you've got the stamp of approval from the parent company. That's what you're looking for, really. You're trying to get in the fucking door, not your foot in the door, get inside the motherfucker. You know, nobody's going to foot. You can have a foot in the door. People will wave it and then slam that bitch in your ankle. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're trying to get in the door and have someone walk you in the door. Once you're walked in the door, it's hard for them to get you out pretty much right that's what you that's what you want to do that's what you want to do so work that shit now with the parent companies you know if you gotta hit up 50 of them you gotta hit up 100 of them whatever you gotta do and be like you know because they're gonna be more willing to give you an internship than the japanese branch and my advice would be again i don't know the job market i don't know any of this shit like in america or wherever your home country is but if it were me, I would definitely be very much upfront with them about my vision for the future that I'm doing this because I know you have a Japanese branch and in the future, I want to go there. That's my goal. And, you know, whatever I got to do, if I got to study Japanese or whatever, I, you know, I'm planning to go there anyway. You know, I'm planning to work full time. I can work off hours. I can do whatever you, you got to hustle, whatever I, whatever y'all need me to do. I'm here to do it. But first, let me intern with you guys. Let me learn your system with the hopes that after this pandemic situation is gone, you know, I can go there. I can be a go-between between between you and Japan, help you solve whatever problems you guys have. Like, you know, I'm your guy, you know, I'm your inside man. Like, 
that would be the angle that I would try and pitch these companies. You know, as an unpaid intern, you're you're you you know um, you're a student right now, so you know you you can just pitch that angle and then come here. Like I can get a full time job, whatever I need to do, that's fine. And that will probably be my advice for you. Um, that's like the game plan I try and give to most people who are thinking about coming to Japan. If you want to be, um, if you don't want to go that route and you want to just be a full-time teacher, work your side hustle right now. Some, some selling products online, like doing something, but you're going to need to supplement your income somehow, right? Um, off the break. Cause especially in the times that we're in now, um, I really think it will because there's people who've been here for a, a reasonable amount of time who are still kind of, who are kind of struggling right now so and who I, I think the situation will, will drag out several times in the future sometime in the future so you know you being fresh off the boat again you don't really have those skills you haven't cut your teeth yet it's gonna be kind of rough for you so you haven't supplemented and fuck savings don't even think about it. i got savings fuck all that shit get yourself some income selling some shit online flipping some shit online making do something i don't give a fuck what you do but don't come here with the money in your pocket and you know go job hunting or with a job offer and think that's enough no you gotta push the envelope somehow some way i'm just telling you um that and, and no matter how much you think you're gonna do triple it whatever you think you need to do triple it like because I talk to people, so many people who are just like, yeah, I did da, 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 da before I came here and fuck, I wish I would have done more. I hear that so much, especially nowadays. Like, it's not like when I came to Japan at all. Um, so, you know, coming here, like I coming here with money in your pocket, a stream of income, you know, you got a visa or, you know, coming here with like relationships already from the parent company. Don't try and talk to the Japanese branch directly. They they gonna be like, get the fuck out of here. You need the parent company to walk your ass in. Okay? That's what you need. Alright? Hmm. Hmm. Advice from fucking OG Akil. <laughs> I'm cracking this next beer. So um let me know what you think. <laughs> Uh, you know, of course, if, the, if there's anything I didn't answer, you have any more follow up questions, please um, don't hesitate to hit me up. Questions for Akil at gmail.com. As always, anybody, you know, I'm here. All right. Mm. Okay. Oh, oh, this is the rich. Okay. Mm. to a job well done by me okay i'm self i'm fucking satisfied all right um all right so here we go here we go here we go next topic sorry let me let me get myself organized let me uh, all right next topic for the rest of you guys oh shit see we're 30 minutes in already all right good thing i didn't say this is going to be a short episode because it damn sure isn't all right so fuck it, it really isn't all right so if you check the description you know wherever wherever format you listen to this you're going to see um what the fuck is the name of this mini series hold on it's probably gonna pop up and sound um mute this shit um i forgot the, uh the, the the deciphering japan that's the name of it uh so deciphering the deciphering japan mini series right is something I stumbled upon um, 
just randomly is a really good miniseries. It really is, right? I, I really like it. I like the host of it. Um, if I can track her, I was trying to track her down on Instagram. If I, if I can tag her in a couple of posts, just let her know she did, did a great job. Um, I got to look through the video again and see if I can find her IG. But, you know, I really like, I like her. I like, you know, her, her take on Japan. But I want to piggyback on the job she did on this and um some the way the documentary was presented to me i'm I'm not bashing it at all if you're watching this i'm not bashing it. you did a great job but i, I was I, I was intrigued i watched the whole fucking thing it's like a four-part thing i'm gonna go through the whole four parts it's not you know it's gonna be probably several episodes that go through this and give my take on all these episodes but the thing that was striking to me uh, how do i phrase this was that the visuals and the topics and excuse me, the information is really solid, but the visuals of it, someone who's never been to Japan, it could, you know, she was making several valid points, but taking, I think some more concepts or scenes or people that are or situations that are more appealing to western people i think visually or you know topic wise appealing to western people but could lead to people having a misconception about japan what she was saying the the meat of what she was saying was very real very correct very you know um thought-provoking for me but me watching it even i watched it with my mother-in-law and we were watching it together um i mean it was all in english but you know i mean well some people are speaking in japanese but we kind of some parts looking at each other like you know and i was explaining to her like yeah i like this but you know somebody who for me i live in japan i know what japan is someone who has never been to japan them watching this they can get a very 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 inaccurate view of what life in japan is like you know it's entertaining but um it could, it could kind of skew someone's image of japan and that's kind of my one uh i, I don't want to say gripe about it but you know um my one critique of it you know it's made in a Japanese way for Western audiences. So, so pretty much my take on this is, is going to be that I want to, I, I made a list of, of the topics. It's kind of small font. My eyes are getting, I can't, I don't know how to make the font bigger, but, um, so what I'm going to do, all I'm going to do is go through the points that she made in the documentary, the topics that she covered and piggyback on it with my take on those things that stand out to me, things that are relevant to everyday life, things that are a little bit, I, I, I you know what I'm saying? What I see, you know how I do give my two cents on it. Um, and I, I definitely encourage you guys to watch the documentary series, you know, and, and we'll go through the whole thing over a series of few episodes. Um, you know, I think it's going to be great. For, makes for some really good content. I'm really looking forward to it and see what the fuck I come up with by saying. All right. So first, so in episode one, what the fuck was episode one? Ah, uh, I got the wrong link up. Hold on. Give me a second. Give me a second. Give me a second. You guys, I'm sorry. Okay, I, I I found it. Sorry, I'm gonna have to cut that out um, of the podcast. Just it took me a second to find the link of of um 
the first episode just just so that i'm on topic so the first episode is why japan's gender gap is so wide right really good episode um a lot of interesting people in it the it opens up with um a punk rock girl group performing and it kind of goes into some girl power shit right like i don't mean that in a demeaning kind of way or a condescending way at all but um what i'd encourage you to do is really listen the, the, the part that really um resonated with me is when you know she asked the the um girls in the group like uh, so by the way by the way before i start this don't listen to this if you haven't watched this documentary stop the podcast right now watch episode one of the documentary then come back and listen to this right it, it will it would make a lot more sense if you do it that way okay so just stop this shit right now stop it okay i'm assuming that you've already watched that episode uh, episode one of deciphering japan so now i'm gonna go back in and, and go in i'm going in okay <laughs> All right. So, yeah, if you you know the punk rock group the punk rock group um excuse me, sorry. Again, sorry about the burping. Um if you really listen to what she said, you know, about their lyrics and things like that, yeah, they want to deconstruct the system and and all this shit, but like their audience are mostly dudes and they kind of don't really get what they're saying. It's just something that sounds cool, you know, and, and in some ways like Japanese people are kind of superficial, like shit, like a lot of shit like that. It's like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's cool. But as long as it doesn't affect my life. So yeah, whatever. Like, you know, um, and for better or for worse, most people kind of, I guess most people in the world, but especially I feel like in Japan more than more often than not, like don't really go deep into a cause or go deep into a topic, you know, that doesn't really impact their everyday life. Um, they don't really give, I mean, for lack of a word, don't really give a, give two fucks, you know, when, when it comes down to it, you know, it's more indifference, you know, you might psychologically something might make sense something might feel good but it doesn't move people to action doesn't move people to act outside themselves and um those girls in that punk rock group they probably have everyday jobs like they're not like you know they're performing in a live house somewhere like they're they're not like for lack of a better word probably not famous you know they probably have a following but um I would be surprised if they do if they are that group is their full time job and they don't live with their parents and they live on their own. I would be surprised. Like I applaud them, but I just don't really see that happening. You know, um, yeah, I would. They definitely. I would say just wild assumptions on my part. They definitely have nine to fives, or they live with their parents. You know, that's what it is. Um, so it's kind of you know. A little bit in the West, is, is, I, I'd say it's a bit different. Like, if you're going to live the punk rock lifestyle, you're going to say girl power. You might fucking have an alternative um, way of life. And, you know, that subculture might be able to feed your motivation to fight the system. But in Japan, not so much. You know what I'm saying? It's nice to say. It's nice to feel that way. But I question not only the girls, but also their fans kind of how much that punk rockness really 
is them. And I'm not saying it. To, I'm not. I'm not. Trust me. It sounds like I'm. I'm. I'm really being condescending. I'm not. But I just want to drive home the fact that you know counter what is counterculture in Japan and what's seen as like really counterculture in a thriving subculture in Japan is kind of icing on the cake. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's not like people really going left, you know, in everyday life and in the documentary, it shows a really what they're saying is 100% correct, but people kind of feel that way you know, on top of their conventional lives is what I'm trying to say, you know, so, so just, just kind of keep, again, my one man's perspective, but keep that in my, in mind as you watch, when you watch that. The next part is, um, ah, yeah, 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 the, (laughs) the, um, the matchmaking one. This is interesting one. This is a really interesting one. I, I fuck, fuck, I got a lot to say about this. More beer means more shit to talk about. Okay. Um, so this thing, like on the surface, it might really seem kind of like backwards. And even um, how, you know, the host, how she hostess, I should say, how she, you know, dealt with the class and things like that. You know, me surveying that class and, and the teacher of, of, of the uh, the teacher and the students, what it looked like to me, this is just my, my experience, it looked like to me was the women, the students in that class, they want to marry someone well off. That's what it is. They don't want to find a partner. They're learning these skills to find someone who's well off, who makes maybe 10 million, you know, six, 75 million yen, 7 million, uh, 10, uh, 10 million, which would be like 75 to a hundred thousand dollars a year. You know, a good, a quote unquote, good husband with a good job is kind of what they're looking for. They're really conservative women, you know, who are working women. They're modern, but have conservative values and kind of want to get married, want to have a kid, want to have a a mortgage. And this is one of the techniques that they think will help them get a good guy. That's what they're not really trying to learn because they think that they need it, you know, in the in, or they want to learn those skills as much as, OK, this is some a skill that will give me a leg up in attracting the type of guys that I want to get, not for love, but for security. And you've kind of heard me talk. If you've heard listen to the podcast long term, I'm not being condescending because Japan is very fucked up as far as gender inequality and that kind of is the card that these women have to play you know especially right now you know to get grasp that fruit you know that that's kind of what they um are going after now on the other side being a foreign person more than likely you're a native english speaker these are the type of women that will have zero interest in you you know a few of them were in their 30s clearly you know, they're um, early to all the way. I think I saw one or two that are in their mid to late thirties. You know, so they're just trying. They're trying to hit the home ball out of the park. And more often than not, like if you're coming to Japan, you know, figuring out your life, experiencing life, and they ain't got time for that shit. For me, when you know, I was single, these are the type of women I I just didn't even talk to. Very conservative, very dry, very you know, very much a mirror of the guy. You know, mirroring what they think the guy likes. And and, and from what I've heard from Japanese people, that's kind of the tactic that kind of works here for 
some women and, and being that kind of Nadeshko kind of traditional Japanese style women, or even if not feeling that way, being able to exude some of the qualities of that type of person is a skill that's that they think will give them a leg up. That's an interesting thing about Japan. Like people who exude qualities, qualities of something don't necessarily hold those dear to them. So even though those women are taking that type of course, they might be, be thinking like, man, fuck this shit. But I'm going to do it because, you know, if I act this way, people will assume that I have these qualities, which means like, you'll give me a leg up. Like you've heard me talk about um, manners, you know, the the concept of someone having good manners in Japan. Um, And, um, you know, or I forgot, not manners, like I think being like a good person means having good manners here. It's more of how you outward appearance, outward actions really, really, really dictates a lot, dictates a lot here. So um, this class for me, it's I mean, it's, it's it might seem backwards in Western situation, in Western values. Like, why do they have to do this? And why do they have to do it? I mean, the teacher, she's clearly trying to promote and keep alive that tradition of the, you know, the woman that supports um, her man. One one more second, gotta go to the bathroom. One one second, sorry. My bad for all the breaks in this episode. My bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. Okay. (laughs) I was holding that in. Okay. Mm. All right. um, So, yeah. So, um, it it might, you know, for people with Western values, that shit might seem fucked up. But it really is a strategy to it. But as far as the teacher, the teacher, you know, she's, remember, she's coming from a different time. Where, you know, economically speaking, the salary man, the husband, it was just a single income. It was like Western life. It was just a single in- income was all that you really needed to get by. But now times have have changed. And so um, she's, you know, kind of preaching to a completely different audience. But but she's the sensei and she has the skills that they need. So that's what you get in that situation it was very interesting for me to watch it that dynamic because for me it's clear as day that that's kind of what's going on that's how that's how i see it at least all right so next one was then they had yeah a few working women who were more interested who weren't really interested in getting married now for me the women who took the class were the exception and the women who were working and hanging out, those were more the norm. Not necessarily because they weren't interested in getting married, but just their personality, their demeanor in general would be more of the the everyday type of like normal ass, like working, 
business women that you would meet in Japan, whether they're interested in dating you or not, like that's more closer to the norm. You know, they're just more regular, regular chicks. Like, you know, I'm sorry if the word chicks offends you. I'm sorry, <laughs> but you know, that's kind of what it is. So in the, this is kind of one of the things with, for me, with the documentary series, like, watching that example of the class might give you an you know, oh my god what's going on in japan everyone's taking and you might run off with the idea that all the japanese women are taking these fucking like housewife classes but that's the exception generally speaking the women who were interviewed later is kind of what you would, would see normally but another thing they they went to you know to, to release stress they went to um, a cafe where they can break stuff and i'm familiar with that establishment i've seen it advertised before that's such a niche niche kind of place nobody goes there right like i'm i don't know anybody who went there and yeah that's not something japanese people do on a normal basis but again that i think that was put in there for entertainment value to drive the point of that but i would be shocked if going to that place was the girl's idea i'm pretty sure it was for the document series not knocking the series i'm just saying like that's not something japanese people do on a normal basis you know but it's kind of shocking and it gives the impression like oh yeah you know they're frustrated with society so they have no choice but to but to pay to go to these like weird fucking cafes and and, and break shit all the time like this is what people in tokyo are doing all over the place and that's not the truth right so um i'm again i just want to clear it up so that you're not don't get any misconception of what you're stepping into if and when you do come to japan okay especially the tokyo area um cooking school and ikumen right um the next part was about the story of 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 the um the um the teacher was was, was really caught me off guard that was a really touching story as well um again i would say that's not the norm as well too generally speaking you know um even in working families like um the stay at home dad even after that that's not really what you're going to get on a regular basis you know especially in a japanese family um and and i i'm not really going to touch the cooking school thing i think that's just an interesting story but that's again not going to be the norm here what i would say is the stay at home dad like i would love Again, I love just people watching in Japan. I would love to just live in their like condominium complex for like a couple of months. And I'd love to see him dropping off the kids. And I'd love to see how their neighbors react to all that shit. You know, I mean, they probably had to do a lot of explaining. I'm not going to lie. Like just because naturally the wife is not the one dropping the kid. The kids look like they're elementary school kids. So she's not the one dropping them off every day. And she's not the one like picking them up every day. And she's not the one going to, you know. So naturally the other moms are going to be like looking around like what the fuck is going on. Like you're supposed to be at the office. Why the fuck are you here? <laughs> you know. Um, But he's doing a startup. You know, so um, I think that gives them quite a bit of cover in Japanese society, 
right? For for them to be like, yeah, I'm working. I'm, but I'm sure that's something they had to explain quite a bit to people. You know, like, oh, my husband, yeah, he works. He's doing a startup. Yeah. Not like, oh, he didn't like his job and he decided to quit and do something else. Nah, 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 nah. I would definitely imagine, you know, that that was something they had to get over, not amongst themselves, but just amongst other people. Just because the perception is that he's the dad and he should be at the office and she should be in the house. Now with the COVID situation, is a, is a little bit different, but I'm just telling you, I can imagine like that shit was something that they had to deal with um, in the initial stages of, of him deciding to work from home, right? And so, hmm. Next up, um, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. The tattoo lady. Um, The main thing I can say about the tattoo lady, she's, of course, she's, Western people, like, would see her and be like, oh, she's so cool, I want to meet her. I don't know, maybe you might think like that. My first reaction seeing her, like, oh, she is so down with Yakuza. God damn. Like, those type of tattoos, that, like, like she is 100%, like, you know, knee-deep in the game. You know, she is definitely Yakuza-affiliated, 125%. You can't, you can't, you can't do that without being Yakuza-affiliated. It might even be a Yakuza member. I don't know. But um, I'm not knocking you, lady just putting that out there i'm not knocking you at all okay <laughs> but i'm just telling you like in the west we might think oh it's so cool she's a tattoo artist in respect to her for really taking um a, a passion to what she wants but entering that world and, and having being tattooed up the way she is 125 percent she had to know she was going knee deep into Yakuza underworld, and she definitely is, like in some form or another. Which, which means Japanese people are so scared of her, like they, you know, oh my gosh, I guess I can't even explain how much she would freak people out going into the supermarket. And again, Japan's a wall of pillows, right? She seems like she's like, a, you know a really tough cookie in that way where she kind of has that conviction where she knew like she's and stepping into that world and she's completely ostracized by a lot of a large segment of society when they see her walking down the street it's not like whoa your tattoos are so cool it's like oh shit she's fucking dangerous let's cross the street don't look at her everywhere she goes for the rest of her life that's just the way it's gonna be right so Again, like that really was not something brought up in the docuseries at all. You know, it was just like, yeah, tattoos, but her clients are Yakuza. She's affiliated with Yakuza. To learn from a traditional ja tattoo artist, they serve Yakuza. She's involved with Yakuza in some way, somehow, probably very, very much involved in some type of society, some way, somehow. That's just what it is. That's something that really got skipped, you know, and especially because from a Western perspective, how we view tattoos. No, 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 no. That level, that's some different shit. OK, that's what I want you to understand about that. Um, the last one was 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 a bit tough for me. So, I, you know, you've heard me kind of talk about violence against women. I, I had to turn this all. It got really heavy for me. You know, I was just like, fuck, that's kind of like rough. So. 
Um, the last part, just about, you know, rape and, and sexual assault against women and things like that. That's the one disturbing thing about Japanese culture that does get kind of swept under the rug a bit. Um, some of the images you might not have picked up on were, um, if you notice the press conference, a guy in a suit with glasses, he was a reporter who I think a year or two ago got, um, investigated. I don't know if he got arrested or I think he got charged or sued something for assaulting, sexually assaulting one of his staff members. Um, like, yeah, I kind of alluded to it in a previous episode, like Japan kind of sucks about that type of shit. And it's just something I really don't like about Japanese society that there's just like a heavy burden of proof against the victim. It's really skewed towards the man. Only like a few occasions where it's just like blatant, like blatantly obvious that the person did something so fucked up. You know, they, they kind of go after people. So um, that's something I wish, I hope, you know, um, I believe will change eventually about Japan. But um, those type of protests... Uh, I don't really, I don't know how effective they are in Japanese society. Cause again, the general person likes to look away from those kind of like blatant displays of, of feeling emotion or things like that in Japanese society. It's like, yeah, yeah, we understand you, but you know, in those protests, um, I didn't hear about it, but until this documentary, you know, and, um, to openly protest in Japan is something, it's kind of like looking at the sun, people kind of like, oh, okay, that's, oh, okay, I don't really want to look at that. You know, it's it's nice, but I don't, I mean, this situation is not nice, but like, okay, it's bright, but I don't really want to look directly at it. They prefer not to look directly at it. You know, it's kind of how I see Japanese people seeing protests. So it happens, it's there, okay, but we're not going to look at it. And once it goes away, we're kind of like relieved that it's not this heavy kind of thing beaming down on me because I'm trying to live my everyday life. It's kind of how I see Japanese people reacting to those type of protests. You know, I never really see or hear or feel Japanese society being like, fuck yeah to some shit that's like protested openly you know it's kind of like a slow moving ship where the atmosphere of the country kind of moves in one direction or moves in another direction and you know i guess it feels like some my guess my speculation is people don't like feeling pulled by loud people again you know the ha the nail that sticks out is hammered down so it feels like you're kind of like hey look at me kind of situation it would be my take on it so, um, again, like I had to turn it off after a while. Cause it was just kind of heavy for me, you know, after like, like five minutes hearing the stories and, you know, again, I try and be like a positive kind of person, not turn my back on it, not saying like, it's not uh, worthy, but you know, um, yeah, it was just kind of like, Ooh, you know, so, um, so that's episode. Okay. So that's episode one of deciphering Japan, my take on it. Um, I was thinking if I have time, I want to make like, I want to dabble with making i'm trying to curate comment content i'm thinking is, is something i'd like to do for 2020 2021 you know layer my comment commentary on top of um some shit so i'm gonna see if i can break up this section of the podcast into into um a video and layer that on top of put it like a separate playlist 
on top of the you know mix my opinion with the fucking episodes back to back and put that on YouTube might be something interesting. Um, so I'm gonna try and dabble with that and see what the fuck happens. I don't know. Um, a couple more quick things, but and I'm gonna get out of here first. Uh, okay, something silly, but check the comments. There's a transparent toilet situation going on in Japan. Um, again, this is not a situation, but um, there's a quick YouTube video I stumbled upon. I'd never seen this kind of thing. It's not something widespread. Again, it might be picked up on Western news. Like, look at all the crazy transparent toilets in Tokyo. No, it sounds like it's just one place one toilet, one experimental thing. But again, these are the kind of like stories they're eye catching, they're sexy. So, you know, it kind of makes people thinking, look at all the crazy shit Japanese people are doing. Ho, ho, ho. They got see through toilets. It's probably just like one park, one place, you know, to be honest with you. So, and I don't, it's not, it's not going to catch on here at all. So take these type of crazy jack quote unquote crazy japanese stories with a grain of salt this is not everyday life you know just like over here you know the stories of like murder and like people doing crazy shit oh okay murder is kind of common in the states but you know what i mean people doing crazy shit um is you know anything if you start any kind of comment with i heard people in japan do bop 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 you're probably wrong okay <laughs> if you've never been to japan you're probably wrong uh, yeah especially if you say i've heard people in japan da, da, da. i saw on a documentary that you're probably gonna be misguided somewhere or another okay just just keep that in your head all right last thing um i decided you know, i don't know how popular this app is um but I don't know what caused me to kind of get into it again, but there's this app called Flipboard. Uh, I used it like, fuck, like eight, nine years ago when I had my first tablet. Um, it's just a little thing. It lets you curate content and make like a quote unquote virtual magazine. I don't know if you can watch it only through the app or, you know, but you might just have to download the app if you want to see it. But um, I started just just stockpiling um, some different comment curating some different comment on uh not comment content on there some youtube videos a few articles that i've used in the past in lessons or just become aware of and things like that so there's i'm gonna put a link to my uh, flipboard page in the in the profile hopefully from now on and just you know if if you've got the app or you download the app or whatever you know there's a I, right now as of this moment there's a bunch of different youtube videos and things like that i just wanted to just put some shit on there i'm not promising i'm gonna be putting shit on there all the time but you know there's i think enough of a stockpile of shit just to keep you kind of entertained some things i've talked about in the past some things i haven't covered on this podcast I'm not, uh, Rod, I'm not, you know, you, Rod and I, we communicated on a few different things. Sorry I didn't get to um, the one thing you sent me um, before. I got to put that for the next episode just for timing. But um, on this Flipboard stuff, I kind of made the decision I'm not going to put current events on it. That's what I'm not going to do. I'm going to put kind of general information about Japan. Just, I had to think about it because, like, what would happen is if I put current events on it and it stays up there for three years the articles and the stories that I put on there are going to be old fucking news. So I kind of want to put 
information that can kind of stand the test of time on there that, you know, if it's this week, this month, this year, or in the next 10 years, you can go there and watch it and find something that will help you kind of get a better idea about Japan. So I don't know, like right now, you you know how I am. I'm kind of wishy-washy with shit like that. So, um, I'm just doing it while I'm into doing it. So, um, you know, definitely check that out. There's enough stuff in there for you right now to just fuck around with. So, Whew, okay, fuck this. That was a pretty good pond, pretty good episode. I'm gonna finish up this beer and then uh, edit this episode and at least try and render it before I go to sleep. So, all right, y'all. Next episode, we got more um, deciphering Japan shit coming up. I'll do some prep for that. Uh, Joshua, let me know if you have any more questions. And Rod, I'm gonna get to what you sent me as well. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try you know, as always I'll try my best so alright y'all uh, I'll holler at you next time peace